0: You're listening to Homebound for Adventure, helping o and students stay connected and engaged while quarantined. My name is Tracy, and I'm your host. Hello, wonderful people, and welcome back. This is episode seven of Homebound for Adventure, where in every episode, we explore how to develop and maintain exciting o and skills, even when you're stuck at home. this is episode 7, I think it's fitting that we say hello to the 7 new listeners who joined the ranks of the Homebound for Adventure Posse this last week. I cannot wait for you to meet them. So, without further ado, starting right here in the Evergreen State, please join me in welcoming Morgan from up in Skagit County and Russell, Maddie, and Leon over in Spokane. And we have two new listeners from the Sunshine State, also known as Florida. Say hello to Jennifer and Taylor. And let's mosey on over to the Lone Star State, shall we? Because we have our first new listener from Texas, y'all. Hello to Cassie. Welcome and thank you all for being part of this amazing community. you all are staying healthy and doing well. I know I am. Over this last weekend, I finally got to leave my neighborhood and do some fun activities that I love. Hiking and kayaking. Did you do anything fun over the long weekend? More and more parks are starting to open up, more and more restaurants and more stores, and it is definitely exciting but we still have a long ways to go before things feel a bit more normal. Until then, I'll be here keeping you company, and you'll be here keeping me company. At least, I hope so. Oh, which reminds me, it's time for 10 to Tell, where I hand it over to you, the lovely listeners, and you each get 10 seconds to tell us anything that will make us smile. Hi, Tracy, this is Leon's Ten to Tell. How do you make a french fry last? Do potato? Hey, Tracy, here's my Ten to Tell. What do you call a mobility specialist's favorite drink? Without beer. This is Taylor, and this is my Ten to Tell. Don't let your visual impairment hinder you from being whatever you want to be. Thanks everyone, and keep those encouraging words coming. All right, on with the show. Who's ready for a new topic? Let's find out what it is. On today's episode, we'll be talking about, dun-da-da-da, stop. Huh, what happened? Where'd my music go? Okay, okay. Here we go. As I was saying, the topic of today's show is dun dun dun. Stop. Uh, hello. Why does my music keep stopping? Hmm. This isn't working out so well. Every time I say the word stop, my music literally stops. It's like it knows something and it's playing tricks on me. Well, anyway. I'm not gonna let it bother me, so don't let it bother you. Because I wanna tell you today's topic, which is. Stop sign intersections. Okay, cue the music back up, but maybe a different song this time? Stop what? No, not that one. Stop no, believe. stop. Ugh, just stop! stop, stop, me now. stop, stop. Uh, uh, okay, as I was saying, today we are going to talk about stop sign intersections. If you've been a listener for any time now, you've probably heard me talk about stop signs here and there, but nothing too detailed yet. Well, at least not until now. So, let's review a little bit first. Intersections, if you remember, are places where two or more streets come together or cross each other. If you're standing on a sidewalk and you have a parallel street on your side, as well as a perpendicular street in front of you, you are probably at an intersection. And if you reach down with your cane, chances are you'll find a curb on your side as well as a curb in front of you. The place where those two curbs come together is called an intersection corner. At plus shape intersections, where two roads cut across each other to make the shape of a plus sign, there are four intersection corners. Stop signs, like we talked about in our last episode, are a type of traffic control. They help keep people safe by telling cars to stop before entering the intersection. Stop signs are simple. They don't change colors, they don't make any fun sounds, and they don't usually have any fancy blinky lights either. If you're looking for a stop sign, look around near the corners of an intersection to find one. What if you can't rely on your vision to see the stop signs though? Is it still possible to identify a stop sign intersection without looking at one, and to know that it's not a traffic light intersection? Why yes, it is. But wait, is it really that important to identify between a stop sign intersection and a traffic light intersection? The rules for crossing all types of intersections are the same across the board, right? Wrong. If you've ever had an O&M lesson with me, you will know that I am very passionate about this topic. You see, knowing if an intersection is a stop sign intersection versus a traffic light intersection makes a huge difference for knowing when to cross it. Crossing a stop sign intersection requires different knowledge than when crossing a traffic light intersection. As a visually impaired traveler, if one day you cross a stop sign intersection thinking it's a traffic light intersection, or you cross a traffic light intersection thinking it's a stop sign intersection, you will most likely either get very frustrated or be put in harm's way. And I don't want either of those things happening to you All right, so now that we understand the importance of this topic, let's go back to my first question. How do you identify when an intersection is controlled by stop signs? Well, it all begins with taking a couple hints about the type of neighborhood the intersection is located in. You see, stop sign intersections are mainly located in residential neighborhoods. Residential neighborhoods are areas with lots of houses and where there are lots of houses, there tends to be lots of people and pets. I live in a residential neighborhood. Where do you live? Take a look and a listen around your neighborhood. Are there lots of houses where you live? Or do you live in a more rural area out in the country? Or maybe you live in a commercial area and are close to lots of stores and businesses? If you live in a residential neighborhood like me, I can guarantee you that mostly every intersection in your neighborhood is probably a stop sign intersection. By simply knowing what type of neighborhood you live in gives you some hints about the types of intersections that might be inside of it. And another hint, pay attention to the amount of cars you hear driving around your neighborhood. Set a timer for one minute, that's 60 seconds and count how many cars go by in one minute. Is it a lot of cars, more than 10? Or is the number of cars you counted closer to one? If it's a small number of cars driving by your home every minute, chances are you might live near a couple stop sign intersections too. Okay, so stop sign intersections tend to be mainly in residential neighborhoods, meaning places with lots of houses. They also tend to be in neighborhoods with low traffic volume, meaning places where there's just not many cars around. Way to go, that is a good start. But we can't only rely on knowing these probabilities, we need to actually analyze the intersection. Huh? When you analyze an intersection, you are essentially just breaking down the details of it in your head. Ready to go analyze an intersection with me? Okay, here we go. So let's say you're taking your dog on a walk. It's a nice day out and you decide you wanna go on a long walk and you choose a route that you are a bit less familiar with. After walking for a while, you arrive at an intersection that you haven't been to recently, but you remember being here a few months ago with your o specialist. You remember it based on the sound of a nearby fountain in someone's front yard. You also remember it based on the feel of a nearby chain link fence, and the sound of those two little Chihuahua dogs that were barking at you last time too. You hear a car in front of you, and 30 seconds later, you hear a car on your side. You probe with your cane to find the street corner. Yes, you are definitely at an intersection, but what kind? Traffic light or stop sign? Well, using your deductive reasoning, you make your best guess that this intersection is a stop sign intersection, because first of all, you're in a residential neighborhood, and second of all, there's just not many cars driving by. Great, but how can you be sure? Just because you're in a residential neighborhood, and just because it might seem like there's not many cars driving around, you really can't be sure it's a stop sign intersection until, here it is, You listen closely to its surges. Remember what a surge is? It's when a car starts to go from a stopped position. Oh, here comes a car now, let's listen. And immediately after that, you hear another car. Did you hear that surge? Stop sign surges have two defining characteristics. Number one, they happen quickly. And number two, they are only made up of one car at a time. One car stops, and then it goes. Another car stops, and then it goes. And what exactly is happening when a car is stopped at a stop sign intersection? Well, as a driver myself, I can tell you. The moment I drive up to a stop sign intersection and see a stop sign, I stop. I look straight ahead, I look left, right, and then left again. If it's all clear, I start to go. Easy as that, and it takes about three seconds. So, now you know. If you're ever at an intersection and you hear quick surges from just one car at a time, there's a good chance you are at a stop sign intersection. Okay, great. But what if you wanted to cross the street at that stop sign intersection? How could you go about doing that safely? Well, this is where I need to be careful. Learning how to cross streets should be a skill that's taught in person by your own O&M specialist, who can make sure that you're crossing at the right time, walking in a straight line, and getting to the other corner safely. But I can give you a few tips. When it comes to best practices on knowing went across the street at a stop sign intersection, the most important thing, first and foremost, is to pay attention to how many stop signs are at the intersection, as well as what streets they're on. Believe it or not, not all stop sign intersections are the same. Hmm. Some intersections have four stop signs, while some have three, and some have two. If an intersection only has two stop signs, It means that one of the streets in that intersection is uncontrolled. I would never want you to cross an uncontrolled street thinking you are crossing a street with a stop sign. Crossing an uncontrolled street has its own separate rules and takes extra thinking and practice. Generally, if the street you're crossing has a stop sign, meaning your perpendicular street has a stop sign, this tends to be a much safer option than crossing an uncontrolled street. And there are lots of good times to cross a street with a stop sign, including listening for a car to surge on your near parallel street, or waiting until there's no cars at all. Again, I don't wanna go into too much detail here, because really, this is stuff you can learn on an O&M lesson later. Hopefully though, you learned just a little bit of something new today about how to identify and stay safe at stop sign intersections. Hey, hey, Trivia Tiger, there you are, and right on cue because it's trivia time. Honorable mentions this week go to Nicholas, Charles, and Keely for taking a stab at some tough trivia from last week. Question one from last week was, what does APS stand for? APS stands for Accessible Pedestrian Signal. Congratulations to Hey and Charles for getting that one. An accessible pedestrian signal is a feature at some traffic light intersections, which helps visually impaired travelers feel more comfortable crossing the street. Have you ever been to an intersection and heard this? Or this? Sign is on to cross. Or even this? All of those sounds are types of APS's or accessible pedestrian signals. We'll talk more about APS's next week. For now, I just wanna make sure that you can identify one based on how it sounds. Question two was, What is the difference between a timed intersection and an actuated intersection? Congratulations to Charles for being the only one to attempt that question and still answer it correctly. A timed intersection is a traffic light intersection that runs off of timers. Every time a traffic light turns green at a timed intersection, it stays green for the same amount of time. An actuated intersection, however, does not run off of timers. Actuated intersections run off of built-in sensors. Sensors change how long it takes for lights to go from green to yellow to red, based on how many people and cars are at that intersection. Again, don't worry if you don't understand all of it right now, because we'll be talking a lot more about traffic light intersections next week. Okay, should we jump into this week's trivia? Here are the questions. Question one, what is a guy wire? Question two, what is the area of grass between a sidewalk and a street called? As always, if you think you know the answers, reach out to me with a phone call, text, or email. And if you aren't sure what the answers are, it's okay. Just give it your best shot. Okay, I think that's all the time we have for today. Sorry, we didn't get around to playing the profound sound, but maybe next week. Nope, sorry, there is just no time today. Okay, I'm joking. Of course, we would never, ever skip the profound sound. And yes, I know last week's sound had most of you on the edge of your seats. Let's play it again. I had some outrageous guesses coming in, including a shovel digging dirt, a foot pedal on a trash can, a dishwasher, a lid being put onto a sizzling frying pan, and a bike pedal. Yes, all fantastic guesses, but sadly, all incorrect. Ready to hear the whole thing? In case you still couldn't get it, that was the sound of me sweeping. I had a broom and a metal dust pan, and I was sweeping the floor of all the dust and debris that had somehow made it into my house. So there you go. All right, with each new week comes a new sound. Ready for it? Here it is in three, two, one. And again, one last time. Okay, everyone, that's it. Enjoy your week, and I'll talk to you again in June. Wow, it's already almost June? That means school is winding down. But don't worry, we still have a few weeks left together. And if you're out with your family this week, see if you can identify different types of stop sign intersections in your neighborhood. And if you don't live in a residential neighborhood, take the time to figure out what kind of neighborhood you do live in. Based on where you live, you might have different types of streets and intersections nearby. And when you want to get a hold of me, my number is 360-852-1810. My email is tracy.spohn at wssb.wa.gov. This is Tracy signing off. I'll talk to you again on our next episode of Homebound for Adventure. Homebound for Adventure! Where home is spelled H O and M E. Because even in the home, O and M can always be found. Keep it up, everyone, and have a great week. Hope when the moment comes, you say.